Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Well, today is Share the Show Tuesday. And that means that it is the day that we ask you to share this show across social media, but also to identify somebody who you think is ready for the scales to come off their eyes or somebody who's just given up on the mainstream media, can't stand the spin and the bias, or someone who is just looking for a community where he or she can say, hey, I am not alone here. There are other people who get it. And in that vein, we also like to reach out in real life and try to connect people in our local communities. We do it that a few different ways. If you have a farmer's market or a festival that you're going to, if you write to me at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com, I will send you a free t-shirt. We sell our t-shirts, so I prefer that, but we will get you one free if you will wear it to the event and then we'll shout out the event and people can come meet you there. But we also uh, like to alert people to shout outs, uh, meetups in their areas from some of our friends. Happy to talk about No Agenda or Tinfoil Hats. Uh, the Higher Side Chats just put out a, that's Greg Carlwood, he just put out a meetup tab and offered up for the podcasters, like-minded people to uh, share that and have kind of piggyback on each other's meetups. So at the end of the show, I'll tell you a little bit about that. But my point is, if you're going to share the show, share today's show with friends, you know, in Colorado, Montana, Tennessee, or SoCal. That's what we've got coming up on the, uh, at least on the THC. And there's a very special one I want to tell you about at the end of the show. And I want to say one thing for your friends that you share the show with, we don't get mad if you disagree with us. It doesn't upset us. We don't go in a hissy fit. We might joke around, but we listen. We're open-minded, and we welcome all to discuss and talk. So, Oh, yeah. You'll probably run into a brick wall if you are looking for somebody to give you big snaps on your partisan propaganda. This is a, a non-partisan <laughs> propaganda revealing outlet. And uh, so what what are they should change the expression of lies, damn lies and statistics to lies, damn lies and propaganda. But that doesn't mean statistics aren't still full of lies. But who knows? Maybe some aren't so bad. Statistics can definitely be used to lie and they can also be informative. Take them with a grain of salt. You always need to look at the methods used, I think. I think that's important to see how they collect data. We talk a little bit about which way America leans and the public sentiment. And to the question of which way did America lean politically in 2021, Democrat or Republican, Gallup has published some data that helps answer that question. They released a new poll yesterday on U.S. political party preferences in 2021. And what they found was that these preferences shifted greatly throughout the course of the year. And they broke it down into four quarters to help us see that transition. They surveyed 1,200 randomly selected U.S. adults, telephone surveys, and what they initially asked the person was if they identify as Republican, Democrat, or Independent. The independents were then asked a follow-up question, do you lean more towards Republican or more towards Democrat? So 
the numbers that we're going to get here are going to be people who identified as right or left, plus the people who leaned right or left, but initially identified as independent. So that's something to keep in mind. Leading the witness there. Yes, exactly. So here's some interesting things, and I want to see if maybe you have any, any guesses on some of these. In the first quarter of 2021, which way did America lean? Democrat, Republican. Oh, Democrat. Yeah, that was when the darkest day in American history happened. So the Democrats <laughs> yeah. in that first quarter, January to March, 49% of those surveyed identified or leaned as Democrat, while 40% leaned or identified as Republican. You know, that's a pretty large number according to their standards, at least according to what they say. Now, fast forward to the fourth quarter, which is December, the end of the year, last three months of the year. of Americans identified or leaned Republican, while 42% identified or leaned Democrat. So between the election and the inauguration, people, the majority of people said they were Republican? No, this is between the beginning of 2021 to a month ago. So over the course of 2021. Oh, they they moved to being Republican since Biden took office. Yes, exactly. That sounds right. Yeah. But what they talked about in this study was that both the nine point Dem advantage at the beginning of the year and then the five point Republican advantage at the end of the year were the largest that they've ever measured for each party in any quarter since it began. Not the largest. They were almost the largest. They were one of the largest. I can't believe the Republicans are ever the majority. Well, they don't appear to be, according to the data they collect anyway. But I thought it was interesting that they were pushing the largest as a Democrat for the nine point advantage, because it's not the largest. It's one of the largest, but it's not the largest. And I'll tell you what the largest one was after I tell you this. See, Gallup attributes that nine point dim advantage in January to a couple of things. They attribute it to COVID infections being at an all time high, to Trump refusing to acknowledge the result of the election, and of course to January 6th. I find that interesting because that nine point lead is not the highest, yet it was attributed to the darkest day in American history, as the media calls it. Yet between mid-2006 and early 2009, Bush Jr.'s second term, the Democrats held a double-digit advantage over the Republicans the entire time. So I guess the takeaway there is that the darkest day in American history still wasn't as bad as Bush Jr.'s second term. (laughs) The same Bush Jr. who today aligns himself with Democrats and is cuddle buddies with Michelle Obama couple of other interesting findings there. One of them I think that you will definitely like. Overall, the preferences throughout 2021 on average gave the Democrats about a three-point lead at 46 to 43, which is about the same as every year. So ultimately, nothing really changed. But what I take away from that is that shift throughout the course of the year from Democrat to Republican, both having those high numbers at the beginning and end of the year, is that they are getting better at targeting those people who shifted, which is largely the people who lean and not identify. So it's that movable middle. So the independents, they're getting better at messaging them. They're getting better at moving them through their influence tactics. And finally, and most importantly, take away the leaners. And on average in 2021, 29% identify as Democrat, 27 as Republican, 42 as independents, making independents still the largest political class in the United States. And this is why they target us with divisive propaganda so that we do not look around and realize how much more powerful than them we really are. 
That's interesting. That means to me that people aren't totally fooled by the left-right paradigm. But I do feel like the Republican-Democrat thing is still working for them, and they'll let the pendulum swing at midterms like they always do, and we'll see a rash of retirements among the Democrats like we did with the Republicans in the midterms last time. If they can't make that midterm bounce, I think they fabricate it. I think that's all part of this psyop. Yeah, I agree that these numbers, you take them or leave them based on... So there's there's one thing that is absolutely one of the very few things that do, does not seem like a psyop to me. And this is this airlines versus telecom 5G fight. Have you been I mean, it doesn't make splash on the front page of the headlines because of the news, because it isn't meant to change our opinion about policy. It is probably something they don't want going on, but. AT&T and Verizon are ready to roll out this new kind of this. They're using C-band. So I don't even know what this is, but there's a lot of 5G out there already. But there's a really narrow band um, of the whatever. I know nothing about anything spectrum bandwidth uh, that was reserved to for big TV satellites. It's a very narrow band. And there is some airline communications and equipment that uh, lives kind of near this band. Well, it was never a problem until March of 2020. Funny timing. March of 2020, the FCC put out an auction of some of this band and opened it up to telecoms, which they had not previously done. And so Verizon and AT&T bought most of the $80 billion in licenses. And I didn't get a chance to dig into that, but the one of the most obnoxious and uh, and this I think the second richest senator is Mark Warner, who if you look at his source of wealth, they always say he has financial investments. He's an investor, but he only got his money to invest because he swept up a bunch of this type of license before they were bid and auctioned off. And then he sold them in the aftermarket for tens of millions of dollars. So I can't stand that guy. And I wonder why they put out this bandwidth in March, 2020. So, you know, I don't, I, I have just went to the government. Nobody benefited. I don't know if there was quid pro quo going on. That's my guess. Anyway, so it was a fairly new thing that they were even going to enter into that field. Of course, it coincides with what I was thinking. And a lot of people thought, even if COVID and 5G aren't intricately um, intertwined. It is was clear to me, looked to me like they were putting up more and more towers at a rapid pace. Um, that's when Trump had a shot clock. So while we were all locked down, they were putting these towers up. And uh, I don't know if it's just the C towers that came up in the last two years or what. So they are going to go live with this C band. And the F, the airlines have been begging them not to because it is going to be so disruptive. The telecoms people say, oh, they should have been part of the process these past two years. Why are they panicking now? And I think they're panicking. I think their argument is we're panicking because there is no way to resolve this. The, these guys are saying um, we could do what France does and we could just not turn them on near the airports. Um, we would do that for six months if you want. But France does that permanently. That's how it is in France. And they're not even doing that because that's not the rule. So they're offering. But anyway, it, at the last minute, they're un, 
rolling this thing on Wednesday, tomorrow. And at the last minute, they said, well, around certain airports, we'll give you a mile or two where we won't turn those towers on. It's really scary. And uh, they one thing is that the FAA is telling Boeing operators and other airlines looking into Airbus to take extra precautions when landing for for several reasons. One is this radar altimeter, which in bad weather that it they actually use radar, which it crawls up against this C band to figure out how to land kind of instrument only landing and the they are worried that that isn't going to work right and that they're going to have to divert flights in bad weather. That would be insanely disruptive. And then there's this other thing, which I wasn't even aware of the first time I passed over this topic. They told the Boeing that they had to give themselves more room on the runway because the reverse thrusters kick in at a certain point when they're landing, but this might interfere with the reverse thrusters and they can only then use their brakes, which would give them way, they'd have to have way more runway in order to stop. I mean, this is dangerous. Now, I can see a couple of reasons why this would play into a future narrative that either locking down stuff, it's kind of like the supply chain interference. It's interfering with transportation. It's locking people down. And... uh but it does also look like a genuine dispute, whether it was a, a screw up by the FAA. My guess is that the airlines have their own side of the story, that they probably weren't really involved in anything that could give them comfort, that they were just along for the ride. That's my guess. I don't know. Like at, right now, this looks like a real issue. Oh, and the Emirates, United Arab Emirates is suspending flights to nine U.S. cities. I would stay the hell away from airplanes this week, at least. The cities are Boston, Chicago, DFW, Houston, Miami, Newark, Orlando, San Francisco and Seattle. I mean, this is this is serious. Yeah, that definitely doesn't make you feel comfortable about flying when the pilots are begging them not to do this. And it also makes me wonder about all these cancellations that we've seen over the past couple of months. I know that this is just now getting rolled out, but I'm sure they've been testing it. I don't know if they're testing it live at airports while planes are landing, but it has been rolled out in other countries and they have, but they have neutral zones around the airports, which these guys haven't imp implemented. So I don't know what's happened before. I would absolutely stay away from definitely those nine cities, but maybe a little broader than that over the next, I would certainly, certainly for a few weeks. I think that is fantastic advice. <laughs> and if you need to fly, perhaps jump in the metaverse and that'll make you feel like you're flying, feel like you're traveling to wherever you want to go. As company after company, big company, continue to invest in the metaverse, Walmart and Microsoft are two of them that made some big moves today. Walmart is preparing to embrace the metaverse as they, as they ha now have plans to create their own cryptocurrency as well as a collection of NFTs. 
not the medical NFT, but the non-fungible <laughs> All right, that joke. I overdid that joke. They've also recently filed several trademarks that indicate their intent to make and sell virtual goods, including like electronics, home decorations, toys, sporting goods, and personal care products. Now, mind you, these are all virtual products. So these are guests going to go in a virtual home, going to be virtual clothing, stuff like that. And they also plan on offering a virtual currency. Walmart says they are continuously exploring how emerging technologies may shape future shopping experiences. On top of that, today, Microsoft is buying Activision, which is a big video game maker. They make some of the most popular video games, already immersive video games, these first-person shooter games. And this is being called a $68.7 billion bet on the metaverse. So they're diving in with that. I find that one really interesting because combining with the video games that are already operating in this space... I think will give them an advantage and accelerate the progress of this development. Did you happen to see if Activision fired people? Was there a simultaneous scandal about Activision firing a bunch of people? I am not sure. Maybe. Yeah, it says Activision. I did. I saw that on the absolute cover of the Wall Street Journal today. Activision fires more people in sexual harassment probe. They push out dozens of employees over workplace misconduct. Isn't that funny? This is just at the same time. And that's the one that Call of Duty yeah. maker, right? Right. Interesting. Weird. Well, yeah. I doubt that's a coincidence. Maybe they're just cleaning house before they... But it's seems like a small potatoes firing those people. And I don't think it's been imp- approved, right, by the uh, kind of antitrust board. I don't think or, it has been yet. Yeah. I expect that it will. And it's interesting you bring up Call of Duty. I saw in the background there was a show on last night, and I look over, and I thought it was Call of Duty, but it was just a space show where they had just basically were doing Call of Duty at this point. And they had some of the digital technology coming down on the headsets the military people were wearing, like we described the Army is going to be rolling out this year. So I, I find that crossover is very interesting. A couple of other companies that have dove in. The Gap is also getting in on the action, selling NFTs of its logo sweatshirts, which are going to be priced up to $415. So you can get a virtual Gap logo sweatshirt for $415. Congratulations if that's what you want. Under Armour, Adidas, all these companies are diving in. And what I would say about this is I don't know much about investing, but what I do know is that the richest people in the world are gambling on this and they're pushing it forward. So if you are an investor, I would look into how to benefit from what they're doing because there is definitely going to be some money to be made there if you can wrap your head around it. Sometimes, what specifically are you talking about? I'm talking about NFTs, the crypto. This is all going to be running off of cryptocurrencies. Oh, like my friend buys land in Pocahontas. Exactly. Virtual real estate, all of that stuff. They're, they're, the reason they're diving in is because they're trying to gobble up the money that is going to be there. And I was asking people about the metaverse who aren't as into the news as we are, and they didn't even know what it was. And I was fascinated by that just you just get so in it that sometimes you forget that some people haven't seen or heard any of it on to the next story which is out of israel an israeli hospital has released the findings of yet another vaccine clinical trial they conducted and what they found was that a fourth dose of the covid vax provides only a limited defense against omicron both of the groups which consisted of 270 medical professionals 154 of them got pfizer 120 got moderna they both showed increase in, anti- in antibodies slightly higher than following the third vaccine. However, the increase did not prevent the spread of Omicron. Despite this, 
Israel is already jabbing its over 60 population, having stuck over 500,000 people with the second booster, fourth overall shot. You know, I think they're going to have to come up with a different name, the second booster, third booster. (laughs) Now, let's get something. Well, I think it's, I mean, isn't it destined really to do what the flu is? Isn't that what they're telling us, basically, that it changes every year or twice a year and you need to get your COVID shot every year or twice a year? Yeah. I think that's where this is going. I think that there's going to be new messaging. I know the White House talked about new messaging, which is just another way of saying we're, we found a new way to lie to you. But they got to move all this product. You know, the vaccine, they got to move the pills they created for it. I could even envision another study that comes out in the future where it's like, well, we did a study and we found out both the pill and the jab are helpless against Omicron, but together... Together, you have ultimate protection or some other angle like that as well. And the CEO of Pfizer had an interesting comment about these findings. He said, I don't know if there's a need for a fourth booster. That's something that needs to be tested. And I know that Israel already started some of these experiments. Experiments, he called them. Which they are. Yes. That's sad. Phase five. Phase five trials. Exactly. And this all feels like designed obsolescence to me because the vaccines haven't gone kind of belly up six months in, you would think that that would have gotten people to just say, okay, enough is enough. But of course they are using it as it's the selling point. And of course it would have to be. Otherwise it would just have been a one-time thing and they don't do stuff like that. Yeah. And he finished up by saying, and we will also conduct some of those experiments to make sure that if needed, we use it. So He definitely sees them as what they are, and that is experiments. All right. Before we get to our deepest dive of the day, where we do a little digging on criminal justice reform, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR. A new study finds that this is making people more attractive. And how old is old? You'll find out. I also want to thank today's sponsor, Liberty Gear. LibertyGear.net is an online store filled with masks, shirts, and even some cool posters, including protest gear, such as the Obey, PSYOP, and Flatten the Lies mask, and a lot of other funny, weird stuff to lighten up your day. Even if you don't choose to wear a mask, occasionally you find yourself, especially right now, in a situation where they are required. So for these situations, you might as well deliver a message and have something fun to say to let people know how you really feel about it. These masks are also a cool souvenir as a reminder of these crazy times. How could you forget? Not to mention all the other cool protest gear. Liberty Gear offers cool t-shirts, mugs. It's just like a cool website, and simply scrolling through it is going to make you laugh looking at the product listings. And they also take requests, so if you have an idea for something customized, email them through the website and let them know what you're looking for. Liberty Gear is also run by a fellow Liberty lover that we all know and love. It's a small business who is in this fight with the rest of us, so we want to support companies like this check them out at libertygear.net and if you use the promo code propaganda in all lowercase when you check out you'll get 10 percent off your purchase at libertygear.net and if you have not yet check us out on patreon check out our tiers and find out the one that's right for you we offer bonus content every weekday we do ad free drive time news blast xr which is 50 minutes monday through friday again with no ads we have friday grab bags it includes interviews early releases guest appearances patron only q a's and direct access to monica and i you get all this premium content for as low as seven dollars a month with more tiers offering live stream interactive content with monica and i zoom parties lots 
lots of cool stuff on there. Just scroll around, check it out, and you also have access to the best-looking, most engaging, highly intelligent Patreon community in existence. Patreon.com slash Propaganda Report. Check it out. Just do it. On to the deepest dive of the day. So this is kind of a, a libertarian deep dive, and I wanted to talk about the how from New York to California, when I listen to the headline news, it, it just alternates from one place to the other of how there's a rise in crime, and it's a function of these, <clears throat> excuse me, DAs who are um, are going easy on crime and you were the first person by far you were way ahead of that soros da thing absolutely now remember i mean you brought that to us i would say two years ago yeah it was a while ago yeah and it absolutely has come to fruition you told us about it in time to not elect these people i don't know which if these if this da was a soros backed guy i've seen people deny it but then if you dig in you can find that they were so i don't know if you happen to know but i i i don't know what's the name of the da again this one is garcon out here and the only reason i didn't vote for him i was mad at the da for she was black um but I was mad because she did not take seriously a black guy who was gunned down by the Pasadena cops in the back for running away from a traffic stop. I think he had drugs in his pants. They, I believe they planted a gun. It was terrible. And I, she, I just did not want to vote for her. But when I saw that Governor Newsom had endorsed this Garcon, I absolutely could not vote for him. So I, I voted for her, and I was right. She was actually nowhere near as bad as this guy so what he's doing is what a lot of them are doing they're saying no jail or bail for minor offenses and that's actually not uh not the i i knew from the beginning and he's like reducing some things into misdemeanor category and then saying misdemeanors don't get uh bail or whatever don't need bail and <clears throat> I, I worried from the first moment I heard this new emerging push for criminal justice reform, I knew they were not going to take an approach of uh, being practical and being fair and being really legal and constitutional, that <clears throat> that some nonsense was afoot. And this is definitely it. And it's playing into the idea of lawlessness, this uh, strategy of tension. It is playing into exacerbating racism because there's such a racial divide when it comes to crime and drugs and all that. And <clears throat> it's also contributing to this third worlding of America where there's medicine, uh, education and now security is something that the upper middle and maybe upper and definitely upper classes pay for themselves. And then you just it, it just widens that standard of living, the wealth gap. And it's totally, <clears throat> I think, regressive. But what so what I heard today was a UCLA student was stabbed she was working at a store and this story absolutely rings true to me because i happened to run into a listener somebody who lives around me um who i met at the meetup and we had a couple of drinks the other night uh and 
he was telling me that he was there on that street when this guy was roaming around. He didn't, he saw the guy, but he didn't know that he was about to, sh- that the guy was about to stab this chick. He said he was wearing a mask like way up to his eyeballs. Couldn't identify him at all. And this young woman, she was in her 20s, was in, in like a high-end furniture place or a trendy furniture place. And he just walked in and stabbed her and kept walking and they still haven't found him. And this is really being used, these incidents. So I don't think there's anything psyop about that. And when they were talking about it on the news, they said the dad was lashing out against the new uh, high crime approach to uh, policing and prosecution. But they didn't play a clip from him because I thought we hear these parents who immediately get on some soapbox for politics. And I call it BS on it every single time. I don't believe that's what happens within days. And they did not play a clip from him saying that they played a clip from him saying how lovely she was. So I think that was more a case of a spin than a flag or a psyop. But I've got some more on this. Yeah. Keep going. So all I wanted to say about this is you don't that it's the exact opposite of what I would do, the exact opposite. So what these DAs are saying is minor crimes should be treated more lightly. Maybe they consider it regressive or racist because people from the lower classes or different races tend to be scrumming it up a little bit more in those petty crimes. But that's not what you want to do at all. I would, I firmly believe that there's would be more justice and less crime if you, first of all, didn't have anybody in bail, in jail or subject to bail or even subject to any kind of criminal prosecution whatsoever for behaviors that are not uh, crimes against a person or their property. And I'm saying including drug possession, drug dealing, gun possession, gun dealing, prostitution, any of it, gambling, absolutely none of that are crimes. They're vices, but they're not crimes. And other people should not prosecute for that. And then when you create black markets for some of these prohibited materials, that's when you have a lot of real crime emerging on the fringes. So really expensive drugs that are pushed, get people hooked, then those people go out and steal. That is a real crime and they do end up in jail. But I would say there's a lot of that second order crime going on. And uh, a a few other things. I have a few stats and then two other points, which is only about, uh, so I, I want to talk about, give you a couple of stats on local jails, on state prison and on federal prison. In local jails, only about a quarter of them are convicted. Mostly it's like a lockdown. And, but of the total amount, which is about 630,000 people in local jails, half of them are there for violence or property crime. Half of them are are for prohibited crimes. With state prison, which people are convicted mostly, I think entirely, that's a little bit different. That's 1.3 million and 900 something thousand are in for violence or property. So that's about 70% are in there for what I would consider to be real crime. However, I'm confident that a lot, a lot, a lot of that has to do with gangs and um, crimes that 
emerge from these black markets from promoting drug addiction and then finally federal prison there are 226,000 people imprisoned only about 10 percent of them are there for violent or property crimes now i don't know if they count that as fraud that would be a property crime so it should be 90 percent of them are there for drugs and other stuff there are no real federal crimes almost all crimes against person and property are in under the 10th Amendment belongs to the policing powers at the state level. So I wouldn't expect any crimes to be in a federal level. I don't consider there should basically not be federal prisons, but that's still a fairly low number. Anyway, um, so I feel like the some of the underlying problems that have created our massive incarceration problem include this plea bargain thing where you don't have to prove it against anybody. You could have jury nullification if you went and said, hey, I'm a drug dealer, but people buy my stuff. I don't kill anybody. You know, you can you can let me off, which is true. But there are so many mental health issues, drug issues, homelessness issues, many of which is a function of these terrible policies, the drug war, which we've seen is a way to finance black ops and undermine the society. Welfare undermines welfare, social security, college, going away to college. All of these things break up the family, break up the safety net. Uh, isolate individuals lockdown did a lot of that. So if you're I this is a perfect, perfect classic example of my libertarian touchstone, which is if you have a problem, look at the laws that are contributing to the problem. First thing to do is look if those laws are unconstitutional. You, The Constitution is pretty good. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good, especially in that all of this stuff would fall into the state purview. That would take a lot of the issues away. But look at, but not welfare and stuff, which creates problems for the localities. So I would just, I would say that from crime to mental health and all of that, the vast, vast majority of it is policy related and many many of these people who are in jail or who are stuck without having bail are there for these uh, mala prohibita crimes crimes that are just prohibitions yeah and you're exactly right with powerful influences like soros whether or not he is responsible for the district attorney in this area when they are able to influence who gets these positions and these district attorneys have so much power to prosecute or not prosecute then you can really transform a state a county a country and look at I mean, california i would think that if i'm a criminal i want to go to california Absolutely. And for me, I would do and I'm all for criminal justice reform. I'm all for reducing the incarceration rates. I'm all for eliminating all those prohibitions. But I would throw the book at people. I would max out how you treat even the pettiest of crime. It's like a kid. If he's mouthing off to you, it's going to be before long that he just stops listening to you altogether like you. And I'm not saying I'm in favor of the state, the police, any of that. I'm just saying in in a in a you know, people people misbehave and what they need to do is experience consequences. And whether I mean, if you're a minarchist, if you're a statist or if you are an anarchist as an anarchist doesn't mean somebody's allowed to walk into my house and steal my shit like I would defend every little thing. I would not let them take some stuff <laughs> like that's not how it works. And that's how they want to do it. And that undermines they've been undermining 
uh, the decline in crime since Ferguson. It's been intentional. It's when Obama first came out and said we need a kinder and gentler approach to policing. I'm I'm not a fan of the way we do our policing, but I know that sending signals that um, diminish the deterrent is going to have an impact on crime, especially petty crime, and that's what's happening. Except for that poor girl who got stabbed. That's not petty. Yeah. It, you got to treat them in the language of Karate Kid with a little more Cobra Kai and a little less Miyagi-Do for those who are into the Netflix series. Got to give them a little more discipline. I do like Cobra Kai. Yeah. So uh, just so you know, there are some THC meetups this week. Wednesday, there's one in Denver. That's January 19th. Thursday, January 20th, friend of ours in Missoula put it up on the Higher Side Chats site which is hiresidemeetups.com slash events he's going to be um in missoula having a meetup so go there to see exactly where january 28th which is 10 days from now is going to be in nashville but also january 28th this one i was really actually about to write it on my calendar and then I saw that it was 10 o'clock at night, and I'm too old for that because it's kind of far away from me. But in Long Beach is a higher side chat tinfoil hats uh, meetup combo. So when Greg put the word out, I guess uh, Sam answered the call. And I would have loved to be a part of that, but I am too old to arrive somewhere <laughs> that I have to drive home from. <laughs> if I don't arrive at 10 o'clock, it's at 2 in the morning. Um, we're Hopefully we can do one for old people a little bit later in the year. But anyway, highly recommend people check out HiresideMeetups.com slash events. And if you know anybody in Montana, Colorado, Tennessee, or SoCal, share this show with them. That's funny. I, I remember the days when 10 o'clock was two hours too early to even go out on the town. Oh, really? I'm a New Yorker, and we went out before midnight. We stayed out till 4 a.m. Yeah. Sometimes I caught the calves when <laughs> when their rates went back down at 6 a.m., but I don't remember waiting till midnight to go out, and I ain't going out at 10. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform at the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content we were telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and check out our tiers there. We will talk to you tomorrow or in the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.